single tin of Cold War civil defense survival crackers sparked this whole investigation of what was really underground at SUNY Brockport. It's been fascinating to uncover what was right beneath us this whole time and why only a few people on campus knew about it. And it all started when College Communications was told about a tin that had been found and brought up to a VP's office. And all I wanted in that moment was for someone to try these crackers on camera. I had no idea what we would actually find. And that's how we landed on creating this, a Port Behind the Scenes podcast. I'm Megan Finnerty. And I'm Zach Lyman. Here's how this all unfolded and what it was like for three of us to try 60-year-old crackers. So you go down into the basement of Dobson and there's this tiny little like window access, right? It's no bigger than a window. So you step into that and you go into this crawl space and it's probably four feet tall. Yeah, so luckily we had to wear masks for the pandemic anyways to work. So when we got into the crawl space, we were told that it's been flooded before. Um, There's been rats down there. Mold. So it was not not the healthiest um, space to probably be in. The crawl space doesn't look livable. And I understand it was just supposed to hold things, but it was also the way that you would connect from one of the fallout shelters to the other. And you can't even stand up in there. I would say originally when the content was pitched, we were going to do a more of a, a basic video about a cracker, a very old cracker that someone was going to taste test on camera. And that was cool and all. But once you actually went down to the shelter, I don't know, it just seemed like a, a kind of like a different time zone. Like you, just, you see these bathrooms, you see all this medical supplies with these older labels. I thought that was more of the star of the show. Yeah, I agree. And the other thing is because we did see this space, it made us need to pump the brakes on the taste test because of how disgusting those conditions were. I just needed to make sure that it was going to be safe to eat. And so let me back up for our listeners This was the Cold War era. Eisenhower was our president at the time. It was his administration. And he decided that there needed to be a way to feed America if doomsday ever happened. And they landed on this idea of the cracker. The research cost America millions and millions of dollars. And in every other article I read about the crackers, they quoted the same thing. A congressional hearing where it was talked about that these crackers were going to be based on a ration that were found in pyramids that were edible after 3,000 years. But let me tell you what they did not. I read the transcript later in that hearing. It says that these crackers are expected to last at least five years. Not at least a 1,000, just at least five, which, you know, made me a little worried. That's a very different number. So the USDA had done a test after like 62 months of making the crackers. And because of how they developed these tins, they said, okay, so the crackers are going to have a decrease in how good they taste, but they have an indefinite shelf life. And I feel like Brockport's crackers definitely did not have an indefinite shelf life. I don't, I don't know if they started to taste like the tin. I don't know if like the elements somehow got inside of the tin because there was no holes in the tin that we ate. It hadn't rusted all the way through. The crackers look great. They looked like. They did look, they looked like they held up. Compared, they, compared to the ones that we saw in the crawl space, those were the best looking crackers. They actually looked like crackers. They weren't like dissolved or had any other rust from the tin. So no mold on them appetizing really looking they look nice if you didn't have a nose you might be able to eat it if your name is anthony arnone you're able to eat it so anthony sits down and is trying to get this uh tin of crackers open and is struggling we uh gave him 
a can opener, which I knew from the beginning there was no shot he was opening with, uh, the, the tin with. And we also gave him a knife as a backup. We'd have him take out this huge kitchen knife and start going to town on this tin. And he's struggling to still get it open. So as I'm over there, it's not even open yet. And the smell that was coming out of that tin was so disgusting. And you can't tell it all from the video. Anthony downplays it the whole time. Because Anthony has admitted that he has bad sinuses. I don't even know how to explain it other than it just smelled like moldy, dusty basement. The fact that he was still down to try a cracker after that point blew my mind. We kept telling Anthony, you do not need to eat this. Like nobody is pressuring you to eat these. But Anthony, he does. And he starts chewing it. And he's like, it's fine. It's fine, guys. Like it's really not that bad. It's really not that bad. He said it was like chewing pencils. So then he gets Zach to try it and me to try it. And that was a mistake. We should have not done that. And here's some behind the scene clips that we cut out of us reacting to the smell and taste. You guys should eat one of these. You guys should come on and eat one. They're really fine. There's there's no way that you'll get sick. Yeah. Oh my God, these smell awesome. See, we should get your reaction this much. Yeah. <coughs> what are you guys talking about? Let me about? try this. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah, I don't know if it actually tasted as bad as I thought it tasted, but I couldn't get the smell out of my mouth that was associated with the cracker. And ultimately, I couldn't even swallow it. It probably did taste like a pencil, um, but I was so grossed out by it at that point i had to spit it out ultimately yes the crackers were way more disgusting than anthony led us all to believe in the video i just wish that our reactions would have been similar the reaction i was expecting was the reaction i had to the crackers that's what i was hoping to film but ultimately i think it worked out because there's no way we're having anyone sit down and try these on camera if they could have actually smelt them so really we lucked out with anthony we really did my co-workers have informed me that this smells significantly worse than i initially said with any story that we normally write you have some sort of information that you're going into your interview with and this was a situation where we had no information when we were down there we asked one of the facilities guys like why were these shelters down here in the first place or maybe he just said it without us asking but he hinted at that kodak was working on technology for the military at that time to spy on the soviets and i thought that was very interesting because you see fallout shelters all across the u.s but at the same time like were those areas really at risk and i thought what made the story very interesting was that because kodak was working with the US military at the time that, yeah, this is a real situation that could have happened and Brockport was prepared for it. I kind of felt lucky when we got down there that there was still some things left because it's been cleared out for a long time now. I mean, at least 20 years. And so I was like, why are there four boxes left? They're just like spewed across the floor, broken, rusted through. And I think we are the first people to be like, we have to document this in some way. So I just felt lucky. I just felt lucky that there was at least something left of them that we could get some photos of, get some video of. Yeah, I'm, I'm happy that we got to document it. And I'm glad we did before it got completely you know, taken out of there and the history was gone. It's so crazy to think that we found all of this history just because of that single tin of crackers. And for more information on the fallout shelters, check out the port. Thanks for listening.